Democrats howl as Republicans move to protect children from radical gender and critical race theory. We examine the tragic story of Jazz Jennings, the left's poster child for transgender theory, and TikTok CEO gets grilled on the Hill. I'm Ben Shapiro. This is The Ben Shapiro Show. Today's show is sponsored by ExpressVPN. Do you like your web history being seen and sold to advertisers? No, me neither. Get ExpressVPN right now at expressvpn.com slash Ben. Well, the TikTok CEO hearing yesterday was just Stunning. I mean, it was really stunning stuff. But we begin today with the Florida Department of Education, which has now expanded its mandate to stop the indoctrination of children all the way from K through 12. So the new rule in Florida, if Florida's legislature and Governor Ron DeSantis get their way, is that there will be no sexual orientation or gender theory indoctrination of kids all the way from K through 12, because there shouldn't be, because the way that it works in schools is that the school districts get to decide what the education of the children is. One of the things that the left has basically said is that free speech applies when it comes to the classroom. That is not true. There is no free speech guarantee to teachers in the classroom. You have basically delegated the ability of somebody to educate your child to somebody else, but that that delegation of authority is not endless. When you send your kid to school, You're sending your kid to the teacher where the teacher is acting as an agent for you. That does not mean the scope of agency is endless and they get to just indoctrinate your kid in whatever they want. The notion that kids should be taught on the public dime, that boys can be girls and girls can be boys, is an absurdity just at face level. It is also an absurdity to suggest that taxpayer dollars in the United States of America should go toward the indoctrination of children in the idea that all the systems of America are racist. You want to talk about making Americans stupider? You want to talk about making Americans less successful? You want to talk about undermining the meritocracy that actually allows for a diversity of life experiences to effectuate success in the United States? Do exactly what the left wants you to do and teach everybody that they're a victim of the system and that we have to orient everybody toward overtaking and destroying the system. Well, in Florida, according to Jeff Butera, the Bay News 9 anchor, he says, the Florida Education Department now wants to expand a ban on gender identity, sexual orientation instruction in schools to all grades. K through 12. The only exceptions would be any lesson required by state standards and any health class lesson where parents have a choice to opt the child out, which, of course, that's coming not even from the legislature, the governor that is coming directly from the Board of Education, the Education Department in Florida. This is correct. It is obviously correct. What you should be learning in school when it comes to sex is basically the biology of the matter. When it comes to the morality, this should be a matter for parents to teach. But Democrats don't like this idea. And the reason Democrats don't like this idea is because they believe that there is a cadre of experts who are better suited to educate your children than you are. And so there was a big debate in Congress yesterday, some hearings, a bunch of fiery floor speeches by Democrats, essentially arguing that parents should not have control over what their kids learn, because we are in the midst of a great Pied Piper moment in which Democratic thought leaders have decided they are going to go into the town and they're going to lead the children out by playing the flute. They're going to lead them out to perdition and the parents are going to be left behind. Because after all, if parents are left to their own devices, if parents, the little platoons of society, are left to educate their own children, well, that acts as a sort of barrier against state power. You have to understand that that in the sort of democratic ideology, the ideal state is the state where it's a bunch of atomized individuals at the bottom and an overarching state power at the top. And the only point of commonality is the government itself. This is what Barack Obama said in 2012. There was a big slogan that went up on the billboard is in North Carolina, Charlotte, North Carolina, that said basically the government is the only thing that we all have in common. Well, no, it isn't. See, the, the, the way that most of us interact with the world, we have a lot of things in common, especially with the people we live close to, right? We have our family. That's the thing we have most in common. I have the most in common with the members of my immediate family. Then we have our extended family network. Then we have our communal network. We have our, our church or our synagogue. We have our local government. We have all of the sports teams that we play with. 
We have all of the local community groups we are involved in. It is actually at the very highest level of abstraction at the state that I have the least in common with everybody, with the bureaucrats who are trying to run my life and destroy all of those intermediate institutions in society. There's a philosopher named Robert Nisbet who basically said the story of the 19th and 20th century is the rise of atomistic individualism telescoped into state power. So what he was saying is that the way that we normally interact with the world is via these intermediate institutions. These are the ways that we learn about the world, the way we interact with our neighbors and with the world. It actually gives us a sense of meaning. But the rise of a radical individual norm in the 19th and 20th centuries, the idea that we really have nothing to, that the real us is, is deep inside of us and that our intermediate institutions are simply impositions on us, that led to the rise of atomized individualism and when we sought commonality in an overarching state that would obliterate all of those intermediate institutions. And that's what Democrats would like. What Democrats would like is to rule from above a series of atomized individuals. So you will have your freedom, but your freedom will be that you get to be essentially an interchangeable widget in the maw of a giant government, one of 340 million citizens, but not a member of a family group, not a member of a community group, not a member of any sort of local institution. All of those will go away. And the first step toward doing that is destroying parental authority. The first step toward doing that is saying that there is a cadre of impersonal bureaucratic experts who are going to indoctrinate your kids in a, in a series of lifestyle choices and values. And again, that, that's really nothing new. If you wish to facilitate the idea of a unitary state at the top, you do need to do this. And this has a long philosophical history going all the way back to Plato, moving forward through Rousseau and then forward through Marx as well. The idea that what you actually need in order to facilitate unity in society is an overarching state power that takes power away from all of the local interests, specifically parents, and then indoctrinates kids in a specific series of values. So in the name of free speech, what you are seeing is the left saying that parents should not have authority, local schools should not even have authority, the people who really should have authority are people like them. And this means indoctrinating your kids into a bunch of gobbledygook nonsense that runs directly counter to reason. Because the more you can get people to evidence, buy-in, to a peculiar ideology, the more you have alienated them from the institutions that really are the repressive institutions of society. We'll see what that means in action in just one second. First, let's talk about the fact that if you happen to be a person who is who doesn't get enough sleep, for example, that can have some real impact on how your skin looks. So for me, you know, I'm on your screen every single day. What that means is that my skin quality matters to me. And this is one of the reasons I rely on GenuCell. GenuCell is dedicated to helping you through trying times to prove it they are offering over 70% off their most popular package. For the first time ever, GenuCell is including both the Ultra Retinol and Dark Spot Corrector with every purchase of their most popular package. Don't miss out on the amazing deal just in time for the warmer days ahead. GenuCell's Ultra Retinol contains a powerful retinol alternative safe to use on your skin in the summer sun. Their Dark Spot Corrector helps reduce the appearance of dark marks and sunspots as well. I tend to be the kind of person who gets bags under the eyes if I don't sleep enough. GenuCell helps make that go away. Try it for yourself. Get GenuCell's most popular package for 70% off at GenuCell.com slash Shapiro. Again, that's G-N-U-C-L.com slash Shapiro. Every order subscription includes a luxury gift box with two free springtime essentials. That is two free gifts plus free shipping. Go to GenuCell.com slash Shapiro. Again, GenuCell.com slash Shapiro. We'll get to more on this in just one moment. First, I've been talking about my Helix Sleep mattress for years. I got to admit, Last night was a very rough night. We had to take the dog to the hospital. Dog is okay, but didn't get a lot of sleep. The sleep I did get is thanks to my Helix sleep mattress made just for me. If you haven't already checked out the Helix Elite Collection, you need to. Helix harnesses years of mattress expertise to offer a truly elevated sleep experience. The Helix Elite Collection includes six different mattress models, each tailored for specific sleep positions and firmness preferences. If you're nervous about buying a mattress online, you don't have to be. Helix has a sleep quiz that matches your body type and sleep preferences to the perfect mattress because why would you buy a mattress made for somebody else? 
I took that Helix quiz. I was matched with a firm but breathable mattress. I love it. My wife loves it. They're big Helix fans here at the Shapiro house. Plus, Helix has a 10-year warranty. You get to try it out for 100 nights risk-free. They'll even pick it up for you if you don't love it, but I'm not sure that has ever happened. Helix is now offering 25% off all mattress orders plus two free pillows for my listeners. Head on over to helixsleep.com slash Ben. Use code HELIXPARTNER25. It's their best offer yet. It's not going to last long. That's helixsleep.com slash Ben. Use code HELIXPARTNER25 with Helix. Better sleep starts right now. Okay, so when I say that there are people at the top of our of our political institutions who wish to obliterate all of the intermediate institutions, you can see that in action, in the unwillingness to suggest that there should be anything that parents can keep off limits to their kids. Parental authority should be removed and the experts should decide. There was a clip that was rocketing around the internet yesterday for good reason. There's a woman named Nadine Johnson at a group called Penn America. Well, Nadine Johnson was testifying and um, a representative named Hageman, I believe he's from Wisconsin, was questioning her. And she was questioning her about Nadine Johnson's position that it was some form of censorship to exercise discretion in what exactly was allowed in school libraries, which of course has been a matter of public debate for a very long time, right? You don't want everything in school libraries. Kids shouldn't have access to everything in school libraries. But Nadine Johnson is the managing director of PEN America. PEN America is the organization that is dedicated to school librarians. They, it is it is a, according to their website, PEN America is uh, the largest of more than 100 centers worldwide that make up the PEN International Network, working to ensure people everywhere have the freedom to create literature, to convey information, to express their views, to access the views, ideas, and literature of others. They're supposedly a free speech group. Well, this, this leader of PEN America was asked about whether it is censorship to bar small children from seeing Penthouse in the school library, and she couldn't just answer the question. It's amazing. Do you believe it is censorship to prohibit teachers from exposing first graders to Penthouse magazine? Do I believe it is censor? I'm sorry, ma'am. Do I, do I believe it is censorship to? Do you believe it is censorship to prohibit teachers from exposing first graders to Penthouse magazine? I don't know of any instances in which a. That isn't my question. My question is: Do you believe that it is censorship? to prohibit teachers from exposing first graders to Penthouse magazine. I believe that it is important that we have parents, teachers, and educators. You are not going to answer my question then, is that right? And the answer is she's not going to answer the question. That was Republican Representative Harriet Hageman of Wyoming, who was was grilling the the Pen America spokesperson right there. The left believes that parents should not have the ability to ban Penthouse magazine from a school library because after all, It is the experts who should make that designation, which is how you end up with the idiocy of the irrepressibly stupid Alexander Ocasio-Cortez so fresh, so faced, freshness and facedness all in one package of fresh facedness, ranting and raving on the floor of the house about parental oversight of K through 12 schools and suggesting that the parental rights and education bill in Florida, for example, is an example of fascism. That's right. It's now an example of fascism to mandate that students not be indoctrinated in wild left-wing garbage with with, with the parents standing behind that message. Only people like AOC, only only childless people like AOC should decide how kids learn. They are asking the Republican Party to keep culture wars out of classrooms. Our children need urgent and aggressive educational solutions. The American Library Association coming out against this Republican proposal. When we talk about progressive values... I can say what my progressive value is, and that is freedom over fascism. Freedom over fascism. It's fascism for parents to control the education of their children. 
The bill that she's ranting against is the Parents' Bill of Rights Act of 2021, which would establish the rights of parents and guardians regarding the elementary or secondary school education of their minor children. It specifically prohibits a state from denying certain rights to a parent or guardian of a minor child regarding the child's education, which includes, among others, the right to fully review and make copies of the curricula, books, and other educational materials used by the child's school, access information on teachers, guest lecturers, and outside presenters, access school records, and visit the child during school hours. That apparently is what she's very upset about, the possibility that a parent might actually know what's going on inside the classroom. That is an aspect of fascism. Meanwhile, you have Jamie Raskin, the representative from Maryland, doing the same routine, suggesting that Republicans are attempting to ban 1984 and The Handmaid's Tale, which is amazing since um, 1984 and The Handmaid's Tale are literally available at every bookstore in America everywhere. Two years ago, more than 1,600 books were banned in the United States of America. Here are three of the key books that the right-wingers have been going after. The Handmaid's Tale, Margaret Atwood's extraordinary dystopian novel about a right-wing misogynist movement which uses high technology and depraved religious ideology to control not only the minds of their followers, but the, <clears throat> but the private and public lives and the fertility of women. And of course, George Orwell's 1984, because they have no sense of irony. They're always trying to censor this one. Who's trying to censor 1984? Who's trying? 1984 is a book about the evils of communism. You think there are a lot of right-wingers who are attempting to censor 98? I'd like to see your work on that. Show your work on that. By the way, Margaret Atwood's novel, The Handmaid's Tale, is one of the most overrated pieces of crap ever put to paper. It is a garbage overstatement of every case. It's, it's and the attempt to use it as some sort of slander against people who are pro-life, for example, is just absurdity at every level. Again, it's not being banned. Not having books in school libraries is not the same thing as banning the books. It is a decision as to whether those books are appropriate for, say, fifth graders or fourth graders, for example. But the left doesn't want them to make the decision. It's all about who makes, not even the decisions that are being made. This is about who are the institutional gatekeepers? Who gets to make the decision about what your kid learns? The left says, we want to do it. And we don't want parents to have any part of that. And in order to achieve that, they're just going to lie about what it is they wish to teach your children. When they occasionally tell the truth, that's when parents start to backlash very, very strongly. We'll talk about that in a moment. First, let's talk about the fact that with everything going on in the world right now, you might be a little short on sleep. So I'll admit that last night I was short on sleep. I went and I saw the latest John Wick films so that I could review it. That review will be forthcoming on the YouTubes. But that also meant that I didn't get home until late. It's a long movie. And so I really relied on my Helix Sleep mattress to ensure that I got enough sleep so that I would be functional today. And good news, Helix Sleep does it for me because it is a personalized mattress made just for me. I've had my Helix Sleep mattress for at least five years, and it is great. It was made just for me. Again, it is firm. It is breathable. That's exactly what I need it to be. I took that Helix quiz. I was matched with a mattress model that matches me. Go to helixsleep.com slash Ben. Take their two-minute sleep quiz. Find the perfect mattress for your body and sleep type. Your mattress will come directly to your door, ship for free. Plus, Helix has a 10-year warranty. You can try it out for 100 nights risk-free. They'll pick it up for you if you don't love it, but that's never going to happen. Their financing options, flexible payment plans make it so a great night's sleep is never far away. For a limited time, Helix is offering up to 20% off all mattress orders and two free pillows for our listeners. That's their best offer yet. Hurry on over to helixsleep.com slash Ben with Helix. Better sleep starts right now. Head over to helixsleep.com slash Ben. We'll get to more on this in just a moment. First, we're experiencing a lot of global instability as we plunge into primary season. How are you protecting your family in the middle of all of this chaos? The fact is, there's one asset that has withstood famine, war, political, and economic upheaval dating back to ancient times. That, of course, is gold. It's not too late to diversify an old IRA or 401k into gold, and Birch Gold Group can help you with that. Birch Gold can help you create a well-thought-out and balanced investment strategy. They'll help you convert an existing IRA or 401k into an IRA in gold without paying a penny out of pocket. 
Diversify into gold today. Just text Ben to 989898 for a free info kit. With an A-plus rating with the Better Business Bureau, countless five-star reviews, thousands of happy customers, I encourage you to check out Birch Gold today. Text Ben to 989898. Claim your free info kit. Protect your savings with gold the way that I did. Diversification is always a smart business strategy, particularly in really tenuous times. This is a tenuous time. You should check out my friends over at Birch Gold. Text Ben to 989898. Get in touch with them today. Ask all your questions. Text Ben to 989898 to get started with Birch Gold. Okay, so this this sort of ranting and raving on the House floor went on from Democrats. And again, it is indicative of a broader worldview, which is that parents don't get to decide what their kids learn. We get to decide. And we're going to lie about what parents actually want. So Representative Sheila Jackson Lee, one of the dumber members of the American House, which is an amazing statement considering the average IQ of members of the House of Representatives is somewhere in the mid-70s. Representative Sheila Jackson Lee, she suggested that um, those who are attempting to not teach their kids critical race theory, which again, is a Marxist theory suggesting that all major institutions in American society from capitalism to the meritocracy, are actually stand-ins for white supremacy. She says that that's trying to ban kids from learning that slavery was wrong. Name me a school district in America that doesn't teach that slavery was wrong. Name it. Can she? She cannot. Because it is literally the law in every single state in the United States that you have to learn about the history of slavery. And yes, slavery is wrong. Here's Sheila Jackson Lee lying. Don't we want our children to be kind? Don't we want our children to know that slavery was wrong as I fight against slavery today that still exists? Don't we want our children to understand the basis of all of our history, the mosaicness of this nation and African-American history? Amazing, amazing stuff. But here is the thing. Again, they think that they own, they're lying because they think they own the kids. Because what they really want is to indoctrinate your kids in a bunch of gobbledygook. So, for example, my friend Bethany Mandel, she just tweeted out that her local school district over in Maryland, Montgomery County Public School, they will now not even allow you to opt out your kids from LGBTQ plus content. Students and families, says the, the handbook, may not choose to opt out of engaging with any instructional materials. That, that, that's amazing, amazing stuff. This is the goal. So Representative Hakeem Jeffries, the House Minority Leader, he says that, that again, that there's an attempt. It's, it's a lie. You're going to see him mash up two things here. He's going to say, they don't want you to learn about the Holocaust. A lie, a lie. It is mandatory, I believe, in every public school classroom in America that people learn about the Holocaust. As an Orthodox Jew, I can say I'm unaware of any attempt across the United States to prohibit people from learning about the Holocaust. So that's just a lie. And then he includes on the back end of that, that there's an attempt to stop kids from learning about LGBTQ. Those are not the same thing. One is laden with one is just history. The other is laden with an actual value system that many parents do not agree with, namely the the sort of bizarre notion that every sexual behavior is equally good, moral, and useful. Many parents don't agree with that. I don't agree with that. I send my kids to a school where that nonsense is not taught because I don't believe that that's true. I don't believe that every sexual activity is inherently valuable. I don't believe that every sexual relationship is inherently equal. I don't think that is correct. I think there are better and worse ways to live your lives when it comes to sex, just as there are better and worse ways to live your lives when it comes to nutrition, educating your kids, and every other area of, of human life. But the left would not like you to believe that because the left core to the left belief system, again, is the atomized individual who can be boiled down to sexual identity. That atomized individual only melded into a greater whole at the behest of the state. So that's the thing they're really objecting to. They don't object to any of the other aspects. Uh, Like they they don't actually believe. Let's, Let's be real about this. They are lying when they say that slavery is not being taught in schools or the Holocaust is not being taught in schools. They're lying. They know that's not true. What they're really upset about is that their parents were standing in the way of them cramming down their peculiar brand 
of sexual amorality on small children. Here's Hakeem Jeffries doing this routine. Extreme MAGA Republicans don't want the children of America to learn about the Holocaust. Extreme MAGA Republicans don't want your child to learn about the LGBTQ plus experience in America. Well, those are not the same thing. I mean, what, what, first of all, that's a lot of different experiences. Second of all, if what you are talking about, like the, the, the baseline notion that there is a LGBTQ plus experience in America, uh, people who judge this experience has probably been pretty different from the experience of a lot of other LGBTQ people in America as described. Also, again, implicit with a value system parents may not want to teach their kids and it is age dependent. But here's what, then we get to the real meat of the matter. The meat of the matter is here's what Hakeem Jeffries actually wants to teach her kids. Right, so the left will, will say, Republicans want you not to learn this. And they want you not to learn that. But they very rarely articulate what it is they do want you to learn. Here's Hakeem Jeffries articulating what the left would like your kids to learn. Why they want to stop you from controlling your child's education. Here's Hakeem Jeffries just saying it out loud. What else do they want to ban? They want to ban a book called Melissa. A book describing, in very personal terms, the experience of a trans girl beginning to understand her identity. What's so dangerous about that? I was taught in, 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 in my religion, growing up in the Cornerstone Baptist Church, that we are all God's children. Shouldn't we learn about all of God's children? Um, I don't know. Should we learn about all of the people who suffer from paranoid schizophrenia and how they believe that, that the radio is talking to them? And then we can have discussions about how the radio actually is talking to them. Should, should we learn that every delusion that people hold actually ought to be treated as though it is a, a matter of fact, that sexual fluidity is completely real when it comes to, you know, sexual dichotomy not existing? Yeah, that's an actual value system that he's talking about. That, that's why he has to try and backfill that by mentioning his church, pretending that churches in the 1980s, when he was presumably growing up, 1980s and 1990s, were real big on the men can be women campaign. I'd love to go back in time and see how many members of his church were big on the men can be women campaign. But again, that's what they actually want. It is a full on value system. and It's part of a broader indoctrination attempt by our culture into this radical cult that suggests that individual authenticity is the core of being and all intermediate institutions of American society must be obliterated. It's something that's pushed by our media in extraordinary measure. We're going to get to that in just one moment. First, simple fact of the matter, if you want to protect your family, not just ideologically, but actually protect them from the vicissitudes of a bad financial future, you have to have life insurance. It's just the responsible thing to do. God forbid something happens to you. God forbid you're walking down the street and, and suddenly you get hit by a truck. Well, as that truck is coming at you, you're thinking to yourself, I really should have gotten that life insurance Shapiro mentioned on the show that one time. I should have gone over to Policy Genius. With Policy Genius, you can find life insurance policies that start at just 25 bucks per month for a million dollars of coverage. Some options offer coverage in as little as a week and avoid unnecessary medical exams. Policy Genius's licensed agents can help you find coverage options in as little as a week. They work for you, not the insurance companies. That means they don't have an incentive to recommend one insurer over another so you can trust their guidance. There are no added fees. Your personal information remains private. Your loved ones deserve a financial safety net and you deserve a smarter way to find and buy it. Head on over to policygenius.com slash Shapiro or click the link in the description to get your free life insurance quotes. See how much you could save. That is policygenius.com slash Shapiro. Again, policygenius.com slash Shapiro. Go check them out right now. Policy Genius dot com slash Shapiro to get started and protect your family today. All right. So the media is very invested in the same overall program. The elites in our society, they have the same exact program. Again, 
No intermediate institutions, no rules, no rules, nothing. You're an atomized individual who can be boiled down to your sexual preference on any given day. And you are a widget under which the state works. The state guarantees you essentially sexual autonomy and pays for, pays for all your bills. And in return, you give your loyalty to the state and you fight against all of the intermediate institutions that might actually inhibit the ability of the state to control your life. That is the hand and glove deal that has basically been offered. And the media is full on board with this. So yesterday, the Washington Post started pushing around this article called Trans in America. They gave a survey. The Washington Post and KFF surveyed one of the largest randomized samples of U.S. transgender adults to date about their childhoods, feelings, and lives. And here was their headline. Most trans adults say transitioning made them more satisfied with their lives. Most people who believe they are a Napoleon believe that buying a Napoleon costume was good for them. Breaking news. It turns out that most people who identify in a certain way are very happy with the life choices they have made to identify in that way. That is not news. This is the worst form of social science data. It is a self-reported survey with no control group. That is crap data. Because, for example, this, this was pushed out by the Washington Post as evidence that no one detransitions, that people don't actually decide that they've made a bad mistake, except that no one who has detransitioned now considers themselves trans. So they would not actually be included in the survey. There's no actual control group, also not included in the survey. Anyone who may have suffered from any gender confusion at any level when they were a kid, but does not identify as trans now. So if the argument is that kids don't desist from being trans, that there is no desistance, that, that kids who are five and say they are gender confused always end up going through surgeries and then being happy trans adults or whatever. If that were actually the case, you would have to somehow track down and figure out who suffered from gender dysphoria at the age of six, but didn't decide to become a full-blown full transgender person at the age of 20. But that's not included in the survey. So it's just bad data in, bad data out. By the way, even this bad data in demonstrates extraordinary levels of high depression and depression, suicidal ideation, and all of the rest in, this, in the self-reported community. But the idea here is that everybody is very happy once they transition, which is, which is strange because this seems like, by the survey data, not a particularly happy group. But again, this is all pushed by the media to suggest that transgenderism is an inherent biological identity and that trans people are, in fact, the sex of their new choosing. And that the only way to pursue the trans agenda is to teach everyone in America that sex is not dichotomous. It is, in fact, fluid and changeable. Now, the poster child for this, and th this is truly one of the saddest stories I've ever seen. It really is a horrifyingly sad story. So there's a person named Jazz Jennings. Jazz Jennings was the star of a show, still is the star of a show called I Am Jazz. And, um, and I Am Jazz, this person was born in 2000. This person is a boy uh, and, uh, and was transitioned by his parents when he was a very, very young kid. At six years old, Jazz Jennings and his family began appearing on TV to speak about the challenges of growing up transgender at six, at the age of six. In 2007, Jennings' parents founded Trans Kids Purple Rainbow Foundation to assist transgender youth. In 2011, I Am Jazz, a family in transition, a documentary about Jazz Jennings' life and family premiered on the Oprah Winfrey Network. And so the media really started pushing this garbage. 2010, 2011, at this point, Jazz Jennings is 10 or 11 years old. This is the active torture of a child. And predictably speaking, Jazz Jennings is having some real-life difficulties. That is not a shock, and it should not be a shock to anyone. But this was trotted out as the new model for American happiness and identity by the entire media for a decade, for a decade. And I just want to, I want to trace for just a moment the actual transformation of the story about Jazz Jennings and the overt blind willingness of the media to ignore the real problems in this person's life in order to maintain a false narrative. So this is the very first episode of I Am Jazz, season one, episode one. This is the kind of stuff that 
that Hakeem Jeffries would love your kids to be taught in public school. And Jez Jennings has written a bunch of children's books that are now being mainstreamed into public schools. This is season one, episode one of, of I Am Jazz. This show premiered originally in, I believe, 2014. So at this point, Jazz Jennings was 13 to 14 years old. I am a teenage girl. I'm also a soccer player. I'm also an artist. I'd like to think I'm funny. I love hanging out with my friends. I'm also transgender, and I'm proud of that. But, you know, in the end, all these things come together and really just make me jazz. So I am jazz. This is the individual identity pushed by this person's parents. This is a boy who is given hormones, obviously, because now this person looks like a young pubescent girl. This person was given hormones by his parents. And then the media championed this, led by people like Barbara Walters, by your most mainstream sources on 2020, Barbara Walters gushing over the idea that a boy can become a girl. And this is the elites in our society that have decided to run a moral system that is directly counter to all human knowledge for all of human history in order to, again, promote an individualistic idea of self that runs counter to pretty much all possibility of true human fulfillment. They are the words that any parent would want to hear about their daughter. She is such a remarkable little girl. For a girl named Jazz, the word remarkable doesn't begin to cover it. At just 11 years old, she has taken what most children and their families would regard as a terrible secret and brought it smashing into the open. She is the brave and beautiful new face of a child born in the wrong body. When we first met Jazz in 2007, she was only six years old and one of the youngest documented cases of an early transition from male to female. We'll say things like, God made you special because there aren't very many little girls out there that have a penis. At age five, her parents, Jeanette and Greg, made an extraordinary decision. They allowed Jazz to openly identify in the opposite gender. Did they allow Jazz to openly identify or did they push Jazz to openly identify in that direction because Jazz was a small child, a very, very small child? And I just want to fast forward now because what we are told is that when this happens, this is, this is actually the apotheosis of individualism. This is the apotheosis of human happiness. This is what your kids should be taught by the elites in our society. So I now want to fast forward. This is the season seven trailer for I Am Jazz. So again, that was about 2013, that Barbara Walters special. And it featured footage from like 2006. This is now season seven. This is now 2021. Here's the season seven trailer. This season on I Am Jazz. Two years ago, I was on my way to one of the greatest institutions in the world, but I was actually struggling severely with mental health issues. All right, once it zeroes. I started binge eating and I gained weight and more weight and more weight. And now almost 100 pounds heavier, here I am today. It's a big old belly. Oh my God, <gasps> a side view. I'm out of shape, be easy on me. Having all this extra weight, I can't do so many things with my body that I used to be able to do. <laughs> a typical morning's breakfast. Fast food, maybe a donut or two, and then maybe two bagels. Okay, so obviously things are going really well for Jazz Jennings, and obviously more, more clips from the season include Jazz Jennings talking about not feeling good, not feeling like, quote-unquote, herself, not feeling comfortable in, quote-unquote, her body. Here is Jazz Jennings, not, you know, this is, this is, again, from the last season. 
But we were told that this is the this is the perfect path to happiness. It was. This is how happiness was going to be. This is what must be taught to your kids. It must be. And if you object to it, it's because you're a fascist, according to AOC. You know I can't get out of my head. I know. No, listen. <laughs> it just doesn't stop. It's okay. Give me a hug. It's okay. I know what you're going through. We've been there before. No, it still doesn't stop now. I and I'm already going well, back to you, negative. But the more you're talking about yourself, it gets harder. Mm-hmm. You're digging in and you're, it's making you put a, a magnifying glass on what's mm-hmm. already difficult as it is. So this is hard for you, I know, and you don't, we don't want to push and you I know, anymore. I'm the one doing it, like. I know, you're your own worst enemy. I feel kind of all over the place and like my mind is very cluttered and not clear. And I really want to have that clarity. I really want to understand myself and be able to read my own soul and what I want. And it's just very challenging. And I think I'm kind of breaking down a little bit and spiraling into negativity. I just want to feel like myself. This is incredibly like, that's sad. It's it. incredibly care. sad stuff. All you know where this incredibly sad stuff came from? Me, and I don't feel like what me ever. Me? All I want to feel is like me and happy. This is incredibly sad stuff. You know why this incredibly sad stuff happened? Well, we have one more clip from I Am Jazz. This is of Jazz's mom. Jazz's mom talking about the wonders of transgender operations and surgery and what it takes to maintain transgender operations. You know, the part that you're not supposed to talk about out loud, but ended up on TV. Anyway, here is Jazz Jennings, the, the ideal mom, making, as Barbara Walt said, the brave decision, the very brave decision to transition children when they are very young. Here is, um, here is Jazz Jennings' mother explaining what Jazz Jennings' mom had to do to maintain a neo-vagina for her son. But with her, I'm worried about like her mental well-being and her dilation. The minute she leaves my house... We have a dilation problem. That, that is a concern. When you don't have that watchful eye, they tend to go back to old patterns. I have woken Jazz out of a dead sleep and taken the dilator and put the lubrication on it and said, here, you take this and you put it in your vagina. If not, I will. But Jazz is bad. Even when I'm home once a day. I will be so mad if she goes away to college and that thing seals up. I will wring her neck. Can you imagine? No, I can't that thing that would be sealing up, that would be the body ca- the fake body cavity created by the attempt to remove the penis and testicles and reverse it into the male body. Just wonderful. This is what has to be taught to your kids. This is how Hakeem Jeffries says, what's the harm of teaching this stuff to your kids? Why not teach kids that boys can become, we won't teach this part. This part's a little awkward. But why not? If you try not to teach, if you don't want your kids taught this stuff, it's because you are a fascist. It's because you as a parent have no role in this system. Well, the fight back has begun as well it should. We'll get to that momentarily. First, let's talk about the fact that at your company, you need people to fill the jobs that you have open. But it's very hard to find the right employees these days. This is why you need ZipRecruiter. ZipRecruiter helps you find the most qualified people for your roles fast. Right now, you can try ZipRecruiter for free at ZipRecruiter.com slash Daily Wire. ZipRecruiter's matching technology helps you find the most qualified candidates for a wide range of roles. If you see a candidate you like, you can easily send them a personal invite so they're more likely to apply. Their user-friendly dashboard makes it easy to filter, review, and rate your candidates all from one place. See why the majority of employers count on ZipRecruiter, including The Daily Wire. Whenever we have a job opening, we put it out there over at ZipRecruiter. Four out of five employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within day one. Use my exclusive web address. Try ZipRecruiter for free. Go to ZipRecruiter.com slash Daily Wire. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash D-A-I-L-Y-W-I-R-E. ZipRecruiter is indeed the smartest way to hire. It's also a great way to keep your employees on their toes. If they're not doing a good job, and you just say, you know what? I have, I have right here a job opening. It's going on ZipRecruiter in three, two, one. Go check it out right now. ZipRecruiter.com slash Daily Wire to get started. Also, 
One of the biggest differences between Christianity and Judaism is the way in which topics like lust and adultery are approached. In episode 10 of Jordan Peterson's series on the book of Exodus, Dennis Prager addresses that topic head on. In addition to Dennis, I joined Jordan alongside a group of esteemed scholars, theologians, and artists to discuss one of the most seminal books in the Bible. Here's a little bit of it. I am less interested in the interior person, morally speaking, than you are. Than, and probably any of you are. And it's largely, I do believe, because I come from a behaviorist, law-based religion. We care how you act. That's why we don't have a claim that if you look at another woman with lust, it's as if you've committed adultery with her. I, I am, as I said yesterday, I, I thank God for America's Christians. And uh, Maimonides said, if it weren't for Christians, the world wouldn't know about the Torah. So uh, I, I'm a big Christian fan. But obviously, Christianity and Judaism are not identical religions. Uh, and, and we have no equivalent that if you look upon another woman with lust, it's as if you have committed adultery with your heart. There's only one way to commit adultery in Judaism, and it's with a different organ. And I'm not being cute. I'm, I'm being very realistic. Okay, the, the discussion in, in Jordan's series is really fantastic. It was a pleasure to take part in the discussion. New episodes are coming online every week exclusively for Daily Wire Plus members. Join now at dailywire.com slash subscribe to watch Exodus. Well, the attempts at indoctrination, they bleed down, but they also bleed up, meaning that it's not just at the K through 12 level that, that people are worried about indoctrination of their kids. They should also be worried about that at higher levels of education. Stanford Law School, for example, just saw this massive controversy in which one judge, a federal judge appointed by Donald Trump, went to speak there and was essentially shouted down by an entire law school body, including the head of diversity, equity, and inclusion. You know, the, what, what's amazing about places like Stanford is that the ideology so predominates there that education is being completely lost, even in some of the best institutions in the country, theoretically. The number of actual employees at Stanford is that they actually have, believe it or not, more than 10,000 administrators who oversee 7,760 undergrad and 9,565 grad students. So that means total, you have like 17,000 kids and you have 10,000 administrators. There are another 2,200 faculty members. So you're now talking about almost a one-to-one -one ratio of administrators to students. And that's because you have to hire all of these diversity folks whose job it is to basically indoctrinate your kids in stupidity. And that's how you end up with the, the bizarre spectacle of the DEI associate dean, a, a person named Tyrion Steinbach, yelling at a federal judge at Stanford Law School. This person now has a piece over at the Wall Street Journal saying, my participation at the event with Judge Duncan has been widely discussed. I was asked to attend the event by Federalist Society. My role is to observe and if needed, de-escalate. As soon as Judge Duncan entered the room, a verbal sparring match began to take place between the judge and the protesters. By the time Judge Duncan asked for an administrator to intervene, tempers in the room were heated on both sides. To defuse the situation, I acknowledged the protesters' concerns. At one point during the event, I asked Judge Duncan, is the juice worth the squeeze? I was referring to the responsibility that comes with freedom of speech to consider not only the benefit of our words, but also the consequences. Again, there's an entire indoctrinative apparatus that is designed to destroy minds. It's how you end up with people like Ibram X. Kennedy being treated as intellectuals, by the way. He has a piece over at The Atlantic today that is titled The Crisis of the Intellectuals. And the crisis apparently is that not enough people think that Ibram X. Kennedy is an intellectual, mainly because he's not. Mainly because he's an unbelievable grifter who has never written a cohesive argument in his entire life, but has been able to claim that he is anti-racist by dint of the fact that if you oppose his agenda, this inherently makes you a racist. Okay, so what is the solution to all of this? There are a few solutions. Solution number one is now being pursued in at least four states, and that is universal school choice. So according to the Washington Examiner, 
A universal school choice bill is now headed to the desk of Florida Governor Ron DeSantis after the state Senate passed the legislation overwhelmingly 26 to 12 on Thursday. Once the governor's signature is affixed to the legislation, Florida becomes the fourth state this year to enact a universal school choice program after similar bills were passed in Utah, Iowa, and Arkansas. Legislation expands an existing school choice program to all K-12 students. It allows families to use state funds to pay for private school tuition, home tutoring, and other school expenses. It was HB1, the number one priority for the House. The state House bill passed this week on an 83 to 27 vote. By the way, it's a lot of Democrats who are voting in favor of that. That is not just Republicans who are voting in favor of that. Now, that is a solution. This is, in fact, the way. And it is a good thing. Parents need to have their education back. They need to, they need to take control of the education. There's a reason why teachers unions combined with the media, combined with the federal government, are very interested in being able to indoctrinate your kids in whatever they could possibly want. And that is the shift in power to centralized apparatuses of power. And now, speaking of the shift in power to centralized apparatuses, the fight back has also begun against social media for kids. And this is a good thing. So Utah has now signed a sweeping social media bill. That would be Governor Spencer Cox. It's a sweeping social media bill that could dramatically limit youth access to apps like TikTok and Instagram, potentially upending how many minors in the state use the internet. This is a good thing. This is a necessary thing. Kids are not just being indoctrinated by their teachers in public schools. They're not just being indoctrinated by IM Jazz or whatever. They're also being perverted by apps like TikTok. Again, TikTok is banned in China. The American version of TikTok is banned in China for a reason. TikTok in China features people doing math. TikTok in America features people trying to trans your children. The Utah legislature passed the measure this month despite opposition from tech industry groups and civil liberties experts. It's the first state law in the nation that will prohibit social media services from allowing users under 18 to have accounts without the explicit consent of a parent or guardian. This is a good first step. Other great steps would be legislation prohibiting the use of smartphones in the classroom. Like you just can't use it when you're, when you're at your school, in a public school. That would be a good thing as well. All of which raised a, the biggest fight of the day yesterday, which was the CEO of TikTok visiting Congress. According to the Wall Street Journal, U.S.-China relations result in another blow as lawmakers at a House hearing pummeled TikTok's chief executive over the popular app's ties to China. And as Beijing said, it would fight any U.S. attempt to force the company's sale by its Chinese owners. So first of all, that in and of itself demonstrates that TikTok is in fact a Chinese front. Why would it endanger U.S.-China relations if TikTok were not a Chinese front? Like, why would it matter? The hearing on Thursday, peppered with withering attacks on TikTok from both Democrats and Republicans, ran for more than five hours. TikTok CEO Xiaozi Chu, seated in front of U.S. TikTok executives and popular stars on the platform, sought to reassure lawmakers the company would earn their trust. It did not go well for him, nor should it have gone well for him. Not only is TikTok extraordinarily good at generating viral content that is horrible for American brains, it also happens to be a Chinese spy apparatus. TikTok's CEO yesterday admitted in testimony that Chinese engineers do have access to global data, meaning China has access, I mean, Chinese engineers work under the auspices of the CCP, and they do have access to American data. Do ByteDance employees in Beijing have access to American data? Uh, Congressman, we have been very open about this. We have relied on global interoperability. You yeah, have access to American data. Congressman, I'm answering your question. If you give me just a bit of time. We, we rely on global interoperability, and we have employees in China. So yes, the Chinese engineers do have access to global data. Now, he did say that uh, he, he doesn't think that what they're doing is spying. So here was Xiaoxu trying to explain that this has nothing to do with spying. Has ByteDance spied on American citizens? I don't think that spying is the right way to describe it. Right. This is ultimately... We can differ uh, on this that. Is, this is ultimately an internal Any investigation. Any TikTok or ByteDance data that is viewed, stored, or passes through China 
is subject to the laws of China. One party authoritarian state. This is a rare area of bipartisan agreement between Republicans and Democrats. So, for example, Senator Mark Warner, Democrat of Virginia, he says TikTok is dangerous. He is correct. Are you zeroing in on choose answers on what TikTok does with this user data? What are you going to zero in on today? A couple of things. First of all, it's even worse than your data. And I loved it. The earlier presentation <clears throat> on average, TikTok users are using TikTok about 90 minutes a day. What this what the TikTok CEO says, of course, ByteDance would never turn this over to the Communist Party. He doesn't have any say in that. China changed its law in 2017 that requires every company when requested to turn over data to the government. So the notion and one of the geniuses of TikTok is it learns from you every time you're on the site, it starts to get to know you what you like better than even what you know. Do you want all that information ultimately residing under the guise of the Communist Party of China? You know, it's good to finally see actually both parties on the same side of this issue, I think, for, for not the most important reason about TikTok, which is that it's a, a brain destroyer for children, but because it is, in fact, a Chinese front. There is a bipartisan agreement that China is, in fact, an enemy and an opponent of the United States. California Democrat Anna Eshoo also went after TikTok's CEO. He claimed that he'd seen no evidence China had access to the platform. Anna Eshoo was like, uh, yeah, no, that's not true. But the Chinese government has that data. How, how can you promise that, uh, that that will move into... Uh, into the United States of America and be protected here. Uh, Congressman, I have seen no evidence that the Chinese government has access to that data. They have never asked us. We have not provided. Well, you know what? I, have I, asked find, that that, I find that actually preposterous. I, I have uh, I, I, looked I, I, in. I, I really have seen do. no evidence of this happening. Mm. And in order to assure everybody here and all our users, our commitment is to move that data in into the United States to be stored on American soil by an American company, overseen by American personnel. So the risk will be similar to any government going to an American company asking for data. Uh, unless they have a backdoor, which is precisely what, what they do have. You, you do have to say that there, is a, one, there are a couple of Democrats who are defending TikTok here. One of them is Joe Amal Bowman. He's making a fool of himself. Here he was yesterday defending TikTok. It's also a place where 5 million small businesses are selling their products and services and making a living, making a living in a time, at a time where our economy is struggling in so many ways. So we're talking about free speech for everyday Americans. We're talking about small business owners who use TikTok to grow their business. And my question is, and we're going to pivot to the other part of the conversation, why the hysteria and the panic and the targeting of TikTok. Um, well, I mean, I think that we all know the answer to that, but apparently you don't. Well, meanwhile, Donald Trump is still awaiting some sort of resolution with regard to this grand jury case that is militating and percolating over in Manhattan. Alvin Bragg still has not come forward with an actual indictment. It now appears, according to the New York Times, that any indictment of Donald Trump will not come until next week at the earliest, which, of course, Trump had said last week that it was going to come this week. Everybody sort of lit their hair on fire earlier this week over the possibility that he was correct because the grand jury appeared to be nearing its end. But then a bunch of other evidence came out, including a letter from Michael Cohen from 2018, suggesting that he had not been reimbursed 
by Donald Trump to pay off Stormy Daniels and a letter from Stormy Daniels suggesting that she had not even had an affair with Donald Trump and all sorts of kind of bad evidence for the prosecution. According to the New York Times, the grand jury hearing evidence about Trump's role in a hush money payment to a porn star typically does not consider the case on Thursdays, does not meet on Fridays, according to a person with knowledge of the matter. Apparently, on Thursday afternoon, the prosecutors from the Manhattan DA's office were seen entering and leaving the building where the grand jury meets, suggesting some activity may have taken place. But again, all of these all of these sort of news stories are, are rumored because this is all supposed to be secret. Although the special grand jury hearing evidence about Trump meets Mondays, Wednesdays, and Thursdays, it typically does not hear evidence about that case on Thursdays and apparently is not going to do anything on Friday. So the earliest that anything would happen would probably be Monday of next week. For his part, Donald Trump is ramping up a lot of the rhetoric surrounding this. According to the Washington Post, Trump has now unleashed another missive on Truth Social. He said, what kind of a person can charge another person, in this case, a former president of the United States who got more votes than any sitting president in history and leading candidate by far for the Republican nomination with a crime, when it is known by all that no crime has been committed and also that potential death and destruction in such a false charge could be catastrophic for our country. And then in a separate post, he uh, criticized anybody who called for his supporters to remain peaceful, apparently. Yeah, the ramping up the, the rhetoric is um, an odd move by Trump. There's no reason for him to ramp up, you know, sort of the potential death and destruction case, uh, given the fact that, indeed, people are going to be outraged. It's going to help him politically if he's indicted. Um, but, you know, President Trump does have a gift for hyperbole. And so the, the sort of the sort of over the top, there will be death and destruction in the streets. It'll be escape from New York. Snake Plissken will be sent in to rescue Donald Trump from the from the mob or whatever. Like, that may not happen. It does happen to be like the, the real story here is that Alvin Bragg shouldn't be prosecuting Trump. I mean, that's pretty obvious to everybody. Bragg, for his part, is mainly grandstanding at this point. He sent a letter to the members of the House Committee of the Judiciary, the Republican members, suggesting that he owes them no answers as to how exactly he is going about his job, which is all well and good, but it's all posturing. The only reason that we're even having this discussion is because he continues to to promote a case that everybody knows is essentially or at least should be DOA. Now. All of this is, in fact, a distraction from the bigger issue for the country, which is that Joe Biden is a terrible president. Now, the big problem for Joe Biden is that Joe Biden believes, and he may be correct, that he's the only candidate on the Democratic side of the aisle who can actually win. There are not one, but two stories out today about why Kamala Harris basically needs to go, but Biden can't get rid of her. One is from the New York Post. Quote, two former White House officials said President Biden is frustrated with Vice President Kamala Harris's performance, even if he remains committed to keeping her as his running mate in the 2024 election. The 80-year-old Biden reportedly has griped about his number two's reluctance to take on risky assignments. One former White House official told Reuters, quote, a point of tension in their relationship is that I don't think the president sees her as somebody who takes anything off his plate due to a fear of messing up. Another former White House official said that Biden intends to seek a second term in part because he's concerned that Harris might not be able to beat Donald Trump. The former official said if he did not think she was capable, he would not have picked her. But it's a question of consistently rising to the occasion. Again, Team Biden looks at Kamala Harris as honestly his best insurance for running for president again. No one on the Democratic side of the aisle actually wants to see her as the candidate. In fact, Reuters has an article today titled Tethered Together, Biden and Harris Move Toward a 2024 Re-Election Run. By tethered, they mean that Joe Biden can't get rid of her because he picked her on affirmative action bases and he's afraid of alienating black Americans. And she is tied to him because he can't exactly go away and leave her at the top of the ticket. She has a 39% favorability rating as vice president, which is even below Joe Biden's composite 42.3 favorability rating under real clear politics's poll average. So she's really bad at this. He's really bad at this. This would be a very good time for Republicans to consolidate around a candidate and then start hammering the Democrats. 
Unfortunately, it's going to take them a while to do that. Okay, time for some things I like, and then we'll do some things that I hate. So things that I like today. So again, the backlash has begun as well it should. According to the Wall Street Journal, Track and Field's international governing body will enact a ban on transgender female athletes competing in women's events, becoming the most prominent sports federation yet to significantly tighten its eligibility criteria for elite competitors. World Athletics announced on Thursday it would bar any athlete who had gone through male puberty from female competition categories. The ban came as the Federation also unveiled new restrictions for female competitors with differences in sex developments that will apply across all running distances and throwing events. Here is uh, the World Athletics Federation President Sebastian Coe explaining exactly how their policies have now changed. The council has agreed to exclude male to female transgender athletes who have been through male puberty from female world ranking competitions from March the 31st uh, this year. However, in order to do further research into our transgender eligibility guidelines, we will be establishing a working group whose remit will be to consult specifically with transgender athletes to seek views on competing in athletics, to review and maybe commission additional research where there is currently limited research and to put forward recommendations to council. Well, I mean, it's about time. The fact that it's taken this long for world athletics to actually pay attention to this is, is kind of astounding. We're seeing story after story now coming out about like 46-year-old transgender females who are competitive cyclists and competitive track and field runners and competitive lifters just dominating 25-year-old women. So good for you guys for acknowledging the reality. Sad that it took until 2023 for you to do so. Okay, time for some things that I hate. So the thing that I hate the most today is the fact that we have forgotten about what Joe Biden did in Afghanistan. It is still the worst thing I've ever seen any president do in my lifetime. Joe Biden pulling out of Afghanistan with no actual plan, leaving billions of dollars in military hardware to the worst people on earth, leaving tens of thousands of people who relied on America just behind with no actual plan for them, leaving hundreds of Americans behind, getting 13 American service people killed, having people falling off the wheel wells of planes while announcing what a genius he was. It was absolutely horrific. And the fact that he has been largely forgiven by both the media and the general population is itself unforgivable. Well, yesterday, Secretary of State Antony Blinken admitted that there are still 175 Americans trapped behind enemy lines in Afghanistan. So they were lying because they said they got everybody out. They said they had a plan to get everybody out. Now they still admit that there are literally 175 Americans who are stuck in Afghanistan. I mean, I'm sorry, but that is... You know, as close to treasonous policy as I can imagine, just leaving Americans behind the lines with the Taliban because you are too cowardly as the most powerful country in the history of the planet to secure their exit. Uh, Congressman, there are uh, several Americans who are being uh, detained uh, by the, uh, the, the Taliban. Uh, we are working to secure their freedom. The families have asked that uh, we protect their identities and don't speak publicly to their cases. Now, those are being detained. How many other Americans? How many other Americans? There are, are, there are approximately, let me put it this way, since, um, since August 31st of last year, uh, we have helped uh, about 975 uh, American citizens who wished to leave Afghanistan do so. As we speak, uh, Americans who identify themselves to us, American citizens who identify themselves to us who are in Afghanistan, some of whom have been there since uh, the uh, withdrawal, some of whom went back to Afghanistan, uh, there are about, uh, that we're in contact with, about 175. 44 of them are ready to leave, and we are working uh, to uh, effectuate uh, their departure. Uh, well, um, good luck with that. Good luck with that. There, there's nothing more infuriating than watching this administration say, we care about women's rights 
and then Afghanistan or, or saying we care deeply about about our foreign policy and being strong on, and then Afghanistan. Like the fact that you guys left Americans behind and that we have no actual way of getting them out of the country because you're cowards is an amazing repudiation of this administration. The American people should not forget that come 2024. Alrighty, guys, the rest of the show is continuing right now. You're not going to want to miss it. We'll be joined by presidential candidate Vivek Ramaswamy. If you're not a member, become a member. Use code Shapiro. Check out for two months free on all annual plans. Click the link in the description and join us. We'll get to more on this in just one second. First, Pure Talk believes in American values and that free should mean, you know, like free. So when you switch to Pure Talk today, you'll get a free Samsung 5G smartphone. There's no four-line requirement, no activation fee, just a free Samsung that's built to last with a rugged screen, quick charging battery, and top-tier data security. Qualifying plans start at just 35 bucks a month for unlimited talk, text, 15 gigs of data, and a mobile hotspot. Pure Talk gives you phenomenal coverage on America's most dependable 5G network. It's the same coverage you know and love, but for half the price of the other guys. The average family saves almost $1,000 a year. So I challenge you to choose a company that actually doesn't hate your guts and shares your values. Let Pure Talk's expert U.S. customer service team help you make the switch today. Go to puretalk.com Shapiro to claim your eligibility for your free brand new Samsung 5G smartphone and start saving on wireless today. Again, go to puretalk.com Shapiro to switch to my cell phone company. I've been using them for years. They're fantastic. You'll love them as well. Go to puretalk.com Shapiro and claim your eligibility on that free brand new Samsung 5G smartphone. Start saving. <laughs> 